The title of this evening's Dharma talk is When Knowing Ceases. I get that right? <clears throat> so the idea here with that uh, title is my intention is to give you some indication of how it could feel or how it would be, what the experience would be like when, when the knowing part of the mind, the knowing this or knowing that or not knowing this or the, that part of the mind that tends to, excuse me, evaluate, add things up, look at it in terms of categories. Uh, I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's not so good. And not really being too concerned about the, those kinds of uh, reference points. And so it, it is like when you don't know anything. It's like, of course, you know, you're, you're looking at the world, you can see that you're in a room, you know, you're, um, you know, it's time for lunch or something like that. So it's not, we're not saying that kind of, uh, kind of knowing is gone. It's just all of the extra kinds of additions about the nature of everything and the way things fit. And the, um, it's like, um, it's like seeing that things are opposites night and day inside, outside, seeing the opposites, but there's no opposition. There's no tension or struggle between the opposites that appear. So there's no, it's, you could say that it's like walking through a room or sitting in a room or putting down the newspaper or uh, looking across the room and not really adding anything up, uh, looking and seeing, and also not necessarily registering, well, this is blue, this is red, this is round, this is square. You're not actually going into even basic categories like that. Not really doing anything, but you could say receiving through the sixth sense field, including the mind. You're just on receive, and if nothing shows up, you don't mind. So it seems to be very important to bring your awareness as you train in this uh, tradition and in this way of trying to understand uh, reality, or trying to understand who you are and what this world is, uh, to uh, persist in continuing to look and see what is this and what is that? What? Who am I? You could say one of the practices in the Hindu tradition is Atma Vichara or self-inquiry, which which is a basic practice that was taught by the the sage of the last century, Ramana Maharshi. Atma Vichara. That's an extremely bright light. Is that the sun? No, it's just a hundred watt. So the 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 Korean teacher of the last century, who's passed away now, Sang Song. Uh, actually wrote a book called Only Don't Know or Only Don't Know Mine. So there's a, it's like a, there's a willingness to not have particular information about anything. To actually, um, you can't really empty out your mind, but you can uh, slow down the grasping, the rejecting, and the shutting down. You can slow that way down just by being with whatever uh, is happening. Whatever appears is fine. Whatever goes away is fine. So it's a, it's not a complete laissez-faire. You're not totally blocking everything out and just pretending to be a, a block of uh, wood. But I guess what I, what I, not only I guess, but I know that what I'm trying, what I'm intending to communicate to you uh, through this this uh, talk title. What was the talk title? Anybody when? Hmm? So when knowing does cease, uh, the ego mind, when, when that kind of reference point starts to slow down or gets... Or like you, you see a problem or a situation or someone asks you a question and you have that feeling of not knowing. What quite often accompanies that is a feeling of 
but I really should know that, or, or I'm a little embarrassed because I don't know that, or I'm a little um, on edge because I don't re remember something and I should remember. It's like seeing somebody that you really know and being, uh, and f uh, or that you've met and that you should know their name, but you've forgotten their name and you're a little embarrassed about, embarrassed about not knowing them. It's that kind of a, that's where the self-centeredness starts to show up when you actually are, you're not really that concerned about the person. You're concerned about what that person you are imputing. That person might think of you if you don't remember their name. So instead of saying, uh, who are you? <laughs> and they would say, what? You don't remember who I am? And you've been trying to sell me insurance? So, you know, if you've, those of you who have been in sales, which I have, uh, you know that one of the most important things you can remember is someone's name. Because if you don't remember their name, you probably have lost a sale. Or at least they're really considering all those wonderful people they just met recently that remember them. So what's being encouraged is, uh, through this uh, t a title, is to encourage you to actually experiment with that a little bit. See what it's like when you're, not just, not, not just on the cushion, but when you're in your kitchen or in your room or in your hallway or bathroom. It's just uh, just look at, the, at what is in front of you or what is appearing in any of the sense fields and uh, have a willingness to not indulge yourself in it at all. It's, it's like being disinterested, but it's not something you do because that becomes extra. But it's like not, uh, not looking away, but not being so interested that you're grasping in terms of describing it or even appreciating it um, in the sense of that's really beautiful or that looking at a flower arrangement is... Um, you know, quite often that kind of thing is it's somewhat helpful because you you can actually see the spaciousness of something you can understand its arrangement without particularly knowing how it was made or how you would do that yourself uh, but you um, you can access it in terms of something is there and the space that's around it but not knowing uh, actually enhances your perception of that rather than rather than uh, knowing uh, uh, enhances it. Uh, knowing something about something actually takes away because that's when you, you start looking at what you know about it rather than what is in front of you. So I would like to have some questions about that. I could, I could talk more, but questions about it would be really helpful. Yes? Does not knowing um, show up differently than forgetting? Yes. Uh, I mean, you may have a similar experience, but um, not knowing is, is uh, it's, it's an attitude of not grasping Whereas I'm not grasping or rejecting or doing anything. It's an attitude of just presence. Uh, whereas forgetting is something that, that you're, you know, it's gone around the corner and, you, you, and you're searching for how to bring that back around. So there's a sense of loss with forgetting. Whereas with not knowing, there's, there's no sense of loss. There, there may, be even, may even be a, a, a sense of fullness that you don't need anything else. It's like, it would be like even to take it into that area that you're speaking of there, like you don't even need to remember what presence, this situation as it is, this moment is always here. And it's, there are not, you'd say there's moment after moment after moment, but actually it's just the same moment. It's always this. Um, it's a complete relaxation into whatever's occurring and no demand on anything. Even though things may be showing up to be challenging or or they're not bringing your food on time, or you've gone to pick, have something done, and suddenly you're, um, the appointment you had at 3 o'clock is now 
the 345, and you still have not, have not gotten in to see the doctor yet. So the, that's that's the that's the kind of contrast or opposites where there's no tension. It's, it's just that. But there's no not even a comment that comes along and says, "Just be here now." There's no lecturer going on anywhere. So you're 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 so completely there that you don't have an evaluator uh, telling you or interpreting your experiences. Well, at least I'm in the now, or there's no comment like that happening. Yes, sir. Can our domains be relaxed? In? Uh, they would have to be. You would have to. That's a good question. Uh, you would whatever the demand come came up. You would not get rid of the demand. But you would just allow the demand to be there because the demand is really no different than a, a rock. A rock is no different than a pine cone. Uh, a pine cone is no different than a thought pattern. But it's just phenomena that we we attribute ideas to. They arise in different ways with different frequencies and so on, but we tend to differentiate them and separate them out uh, with some kind of, uh, usually a materialistic idea, a gaining idea of getting somewhere, accomplishing something, knowing something, getting ahead, being a really good tutor. Aren't you a tutor? Do you think I'm a tutor? I'm more like a four-door. <laughs> Further questions? Yes. How does the um, fear of not knowing when it comes up, should we um, look at that as self-centeredness? Is that helpful? No, no interpretation. We might say self-centeredness, but we just do that so that we can talk about it. But when you're experiencing that, do nothing, nothing extra. Again, that's even not knowing that. To, to come to any conclusion about anything is, uh, is the opposite of including. Just include whatever. If you need a practice, if you need a path, and include, 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 rather than conclude. The whole world is concluding. You notice that? Everybody's got some damned idea about something all the time. So we're not... Hmm? Does it ever get comfortable to be in, just hang out and not know? It's more like uh, you don't, you don't, the discomfort that arises, comes and goes, is not a problem anymore. It's just part of, as the Buddha said, life is suffering. He didn't say a little bit of a little bit of life is suffering, and this other part is pretty cushy over here. It's, it's life is, there's some kind of difficult way of nerve endings. We feel, we see, smell, touch, taste, and you around receive. And some of those areas, some of the objects that come are more um, challenging or difficult or abrasive than other ones. So the idea is just don't do anything with that. Uh, you, you could say uh, being somewhat disinterested in, in the situation. If you don't feel good about something, just some disinterest about like it's like saying um, they don't care if you ever feel better not easy it's not something you would make a statement about but you would be so clear about things coming and going in consciousness and we're, we're living beings so uh, not going to war with anything not going to war with thoughts not going to war with um, apparent opposition so that you can see that they're just opposites they're not opposing each other they're not struggling they're just they're just uh, night and day. They're just uh, Buddhas and sentient beings, living beings. Don't you? I understand how there be opposites without opposites. Um, just a simple example would be uh, inside and outside. Inside of a house, outside of a house. No, no opposition. There's no tension there. There's no right and wrong to it, although there are two different things, two different aspects of the same thing. Something about space, night and day, life and death. Good and evil is a, a good one because it's so polarized. Really, really good and really, really evil. Those are thought forms. Those are not. That's those are those are inventions. Go ahead. 
attention to come into we, we want the uh, second noble truth of the Buddha. Uh, we want things to be different than they are, rather than realizing that whatever is arising is dependently arisen. If it's arising, it has to be there. It's not rising arbitrarily to give you a hard time. And this has to do with your personal life. Look at your life over the last 10 minutes, 10 years, and notice that things are things get pretty bad and they clear up. And then they get just like weather. It comes and goes. And then we impute or we take it personally. We think it's happening to someone just because there's nerve endings and six sense consciousnesses and uh, the five skandhas. We, we, we impute or we... We think that that's somebody who needs to avoid or needs to get better, or we invent a person. How do we see the opposite without setting up some sort of opposite tension? Good one. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's just a matter of continuing to, to practice. This is why we sit down, hold still, and we just watch what continues to move. It may be the diaphragm, it may be a, a thought about some aspect of something that's happening in our life that may come and maybe even give us a hard time. They just surface and surface. And, just, uh, and the idea there is, what if you're sitting down and holding uh, as still as possible without being rigid, uh, this is not separate from the Buddha. Dogen talks about this. Dogen, that's along with a lot, a lot of the other things that Dogen says. It's difficult to, to grasp because he's pointing at relative situation and absolute at the same time. Uh, somebody described as tension see the two important to notice what those two opposites are? No. Uh, what what is important is whatever rises, that's just it's just that. It's just the texture of that. Uh, adding anything onto it, you're, you, if it hurts or if it's painful, you're probably going to just um, impulsively or react, be kind of reactionary and add on comments about it. What the hell's going on here? Why am I feeling like this? Those uh, situations uh, are, uh, actually tend to Keep that going. Keep that kind of a feeling continuing to, it just perpetuates it because there's some kind of resistance to it or there's some kind of grasping at it. Explaining it is grasping. Um, trying to push it away is the kind of grasping where you're grasping at not wanting it to be there. So it's still about uh, grasping and fixation. Resolve on some level, but can't hardly help that. If we don't feel good, we'd like that to go away. So it's about bringing as much awareness to that as possible so that that whole situation relaxes. And it, it's just, uh, it seems to, if we see it clearly in, a, in a, a wide open space, then there's less demand about it. And there's more of a, you could even say intuitive understanding about just the nature of difficulty or suffering, that it's, it comes and goes. Things, things occur and we, over time, we uh, take it less and less personally or seriously. And, but it's not the idea of going the other way and trying to push it away and make it be impersonal or make it be or try to detach ourselves. Some teachers or teachings uh, talk about detachment and something is something that you can do. And I would say it's something you are. A uh, question from Jim uh, Service out in Arizona. James. He asks, is not knowing akin to beginner's mind? Yes. No, you don't. You're a beginner all the time. You don't know what to do, what not to do, what to think. Yes. Uh, Andrew uh, up in Grand Rapids has two questions. Mm -hmm. He asks first, why read books if you're okay with not knowing? Well, don't read books. So the idea with, with read, the idea with sitting is about, the, to put it very literally, the idea with sitting is about the intuition, about, about 
emphasizing just the awareness part. It takes a while because we tend to, we start sitting, we tend to have a whole lot of stuff going on, commentaries and, you know, all kinds of interpretations, modifications, elaborations, and all the other Asians coming and going when we sit. So, but that's about the intuition. It's, it's about uh, finding our, our heart connection, our bodhicitta, uh, an awakened mind, uh, already Buddha. And the study is about giving the self-centered mind, this is my understanding of it, not something I was taught, this is how it looks from working with this for a while, is, is about helping each person to take the, the activity of the mind that is usually propelled by the self-centeredness of the ego or the, the seventh consciousness to try to find out things and get things and acquire things and understand things and all of the other and it's about exercising it in such a way that instead of just uh, analyzing, uh, you're actually being introduced to uh, just like the Nagarjuna's fourfold negation. Not this, not that, not both, not neither. It's an astonishing statement about anything. And just like uh, the, uh, um, the 30 verses or the 20 verses of, uh, of Vasubandhu, or we could go on and on. I'm just saying that by coming in and studying this particular material, uh, that that is uh, um, has been written. It's a cumulative tradition. So down through the centuries, not only the Buddha, but other teachers who have practiced what the Buddha taught and had some understanding arise, then they might bring in their idea about conceptually how this whole situation looks. So then we, as students of this of Buddha's Dharma, uh, we sit down with some there's hundreds, thousands of books. We sit down with a few maybe uh, core teachings like foundation teachings for Zen and Chan Buddhism or mind-only teachings or Yogacara, which would be the Samdhi Nirmachana Sutra, Lankavatara Sutra, and then, of course, the more well-known Heart Sutra, Diamond Sutra. And look at this and look at how these, these whoever these people were that, uh, that wrote these down, uh, brought these uh, through out of their, these teachings come out of their understanding about it. And so, therefore, we, uh, we look at that, and this gives the self-centered mind some kind of activity besides just making up stuff up based on, on uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the experience of doing sitting meditation. So rather than up off the cushion, rather than take that into some kind of conceptual thing about how well I'm doing because I'm becoming so clear, instead you're, you have to go into um, the various uh, forms of the, the Buddha's teachings take depending on the teacher, the teaching, the sutra, whatever it may be, and you're bringing your conceptual mind into that. So you're kind of coming at this self-centeredness from both ends, from the intellectual, conceptual side, and, and from, the, uh, from the intuitive or the heart level side. So up here and here and here too. So you're, you're kind of working with this uh, in such a way. It's called the two wings of the bird. It needs the intuition, uh, needs the... the, the uh, prajna and upaya means skillful means, <clears throat> means wisdom. Wisdom is the open part, and the feminine part, and upaya um, is the is the you could say male aspect that is about the structure of everything and the pra- pra- pragmatic or practical area. And this is something that uh, Coben or Coben, well, you could say Coben too, but I'm thinking of Dogen was is very good at talking it out of both sides of his ears. You know, he's. It's very challenging, and I would say what I think I said this morning is: uh, allow yourself to don't have to work on that too hard. Allow yourself to 
to uh, that's where this talk title came from. Allow yourself to just not know what that is and experience the not knowing quality of it rather than screwing around trying to get figure out what did what did he mean. Uh, actually contemplate it, but allow the feeling of not knowing to to show up because this is where um, when Dogen says uh, firewood uh, does not become ash, this is the space that he's coming out of. He sees this. And that's why this teaching, instead of us looking at this thinking, well, that doesn't mean anything, I'm not going to study that. Instead, there's something um, that magnetizes us about that because we have, we have an understanding that there's something he's saying that we're, we, need to, we need to take a look at that. Michelle? Is that understanding, knowing? Well, the, the very word knowing in Sanskrit for that is uh, is uh, jnana or knowledge, but it's a, but it's a high form of knowledge, not based on contrast or reference points. It's a it's a fundamental insight into the nature of everything, which is what apparently the Buddha saw, and this is where the words came out of his mouth that uh, everything is dependently arisen. So he actually saw that everything you can you can't find one thing anywhere that is has its own. Svabhava, or own being, has its own, it's not, it's totally interlaced or interconnected or dependently or originated with everything else. And this means our thoughts, our ideas, our fingernails, our, the way we walk, uh, our mother and our father and our family and uh, just everything, everything is dependently arisen. So, and to, and to begin to see that not just on the kind of a description level, well, yeah, sure, Got to have water to make a tree grow, and you need some sunshine. But that doesn't mean the, the the oak tree is connected with a pile of marshmallows. Well, yes, it does. It just might be a more challenging to your your insight. Andrew's uh, other question was: uh, You've talked before about not thinking much. Does that show up differently for people who see clearly? Read that again. You've talked before about not thinking much. Does that show up differently for people who see clearly? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I don't know about whether the people. But uh, you could paraphrase that. You could you could ask that same question in a different way if you'd really like a, a different answer to it. So while he's doing that, Shigets has a question from Travis City. I know her. She asks, um, what can be seen when we notice the pattern of things getting bad and then clearing up? Over and over. What, what can be seen? You're just you're just seeing things doing exactly what you're saying. So the the, the teaching that that uh, that we study here uh, and and in this tradition uh, of uh, mind only or consciousness only is your whatever's happening. You're seeing uh, you're seeing that, but the actual witness of that, the the subject part of that, is not separate from what is showing up. Excuse me, and in such a way that there's actually what is actually seen is not actually separate uh, from the subject. So uh, the whole idea of some kind of otherness um, is uh, not excuse me not there in the way that the ego mind or the substance consciousness imputes that other that other thing. David, are all the different um, types of knowing ceasing? For instance, recognition. Good question. Quite a bit of that. What happens is it it starts to find its own uh, its own dimension, no longer based on self centeredness, on hope and fear, or ego. So therefore, the the unless you've transcended the, the personal self, unless you've actually seen that, seen what that is, uh, then you will panic when you start to not know stuff. You'll start to 
feel like you're you blame it on old age or too many drinks, not enough water, not drinking enough water, therefore I'm starting to space out. We'll find some attribution going on. But you could you could lose touch with a different aspect, different ways of knowing it, which is what I think you're asking about, just the different ways of knowing things. What happens is, uh, is there the, the solidity of, of that you were used to a few years ago of a knower who knew things, that, that goes. So therefore, all of the things that are known are no longer separate uh, from uh, the, the imputed uh, subject. So therefore, they're not separate anymore. So then all you have is perception only. And then what's the opposite of perception only? What? See how that feels? <laughs> There's no right answer to that. You could say, well, emptiness. Or you could say, not separate is opposite to not separate because there isn't, there aren't two things anywhere. There's no, there's not, it's been said traditionally there that the nature of reality is so not separate that anything you, that you think of as two things, you can't get a piece of paper between them because there's no space between anything. We're not saying that there isn't space between this and that. There is provisionally and relatively there is, but uh, absolutely there, there is not. So we're right back to another kind of polarity. And, and the ego mind, the self-centered mind, wants to make some sense out of that, make it so that we can put that to use. This is called spiritual materialism, yes, yes. What's a demonstration of understanding if there's no right answer? I heard what you said, but I want you to paraphrase that so I can see what what your positionality is on that. I, I hear what you say, but paraphrase it. What is the understanding that someone presents when they're put on the spot? Who? Someone who's confused or someone who's clear? Uh, well, I think about the, the stories that we sometimes read uh, between teacher and student. Sometimes they talk about the student presenting their understanding to the yes. teacher. I'm just wondering what that present what's being presented if no right or wrong uh the if the person is presenting out of their out of their being clear then they probably wouldn't present it if you're clear why would you say anything anything to prove keep coming if you have more to that i'll tell you what it feels like it, what it feels like is to uh is to see uh, a dog run in front of you and your friend is sitting next to you and the dog, the interesting thing about the dog is uh, uh, one of its legs is missing. So it's, and it's running in front of you. And you say to your friend, look, a one-legged dog. A little transcendental dyslexia. <laughs> and that would not be uh, incorrect. Although you think, well, no, no, no. No, it, it, it has a leg missing, so it's not. It's a three-legged dog. And then you would say, no, that's a stool. That's three legs. So what am I saying? I'm saying that you can take any, you can take the relative situation if you understand it, you can move in any direction and, and it'll appear to make sense. Go ahead. I just think about like if, if I were to get up there and endeavor to do what you were doing, I wouldn't be able to do it. So what's the, what's the understanding there? The understand, I, I don't have any position on anything. I don't, I don't know anything. Like the title of the talk, I really don't function out of some kind of knowing. What am I functioning? If I were not making any sense on some level, or if it was totally a basket case, then probably wouldn't listen to what I have to say. But it's it's go ahead. The teaching appear as demonstrating a little bit. It could. You're writing. 
<laughs> what did you say? What did I say? A little bit. I said a little bit. <laughs> All right. Detract. Yes. Is there some kind of trust that you have not knowing them? It's uh, it's like trust, but it's more like just seeing that there there is no there is no position to or no there's no knowledge that is actually opposed to something else. Nothing is opposed to something else. And the feeling, as I've said many times, although it's, it's been going on for a long time, it doesn't look all that unusual anymore, but I don't see anything but myself. I don't see, I, I see, they're not, not separate from me. And it's not like a togetherness that used to be separate. It's like it's always been that way. It just took a while to see it. So there isn't, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to accomplish. There's only something to do if somebody has a question about what this is. If no one has any questions, everyone goes home, then I probably would go home too. It's, it's just like the situation, use an example, this, uh, the window business was an idea to have something that we could do in the monastery that would be really helpful because it would, it would be something we could do. We could make money restoring windows or, or, yeah, window restoration. But if people don't here don't want to do that, then I, I don't have any problem with that. So I'm not interested in promoting anything. I'm just, we're presenting this. And so it looks like that might, might not work. So, well, this doesn't mean anything's wrong. Things are just functioning the way they function, and I'm watching them. So, is that, is that, as an example, do you see what I'm saying? It's not like there's no failure there. There's no, <sighs> did all this work? No, not necessarily. Things are just appearing and disappearing just the way they need to. Nothing leads to anything else. Yes. Um, two more questions from Andrew up in Grand Rapids. Yes. Um, first, uh, does seeing clearly necessitate not thinking? No, the, 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 the thinking part is that it's just not, uh, it's not a, a fixation or panicked kind of trying to grasp or something. Your thinking may arise, it may not. One of the traditional ways of saying this is thoughts without a thinker. So the identity part is what, there's no solid identity. It's not that there isn't a discontinuous identity that shows up and then goes away and then something else comes up and then uh, this particular line of thinking or conversation, um, there's some kind of identity, but it's just not solid and it's it's discontinuous like everything else is. So uh, I'm not going to say don't think, although some teachers will say that. Don't. I might say that if somebody came in and was really upset, I might say, well, just don't think about it. I might say that. Probably would more likely say, uh, you got four hours? I'd say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, go look at the wall. Look at the wall for four hours. And come back and talk to me. Yes. Um, his other question, uh, what is teaching? Uh, from, from the way I see it, it's responding uh, in such a way that supports uh, each person's, um, wherever they're at, supports them in a way where they they can, through their practice, can uh, eventually see what is true for themselves. It's not it's not feeding them something. It's not giving them too much information where they can cling to it or hang on to it. There's nothing to believe, nothing to disbelieve. So I always uh, I say over and over again, well, it's necessary to meet everyone where they're at and the you meet everyone where they're at, then everyone is uh, is exactly the way they need to be. You don't have any disagreement with anyone. If they're doing something totally different, if they totally disagree with you, you would just listen to that and you would just receive that. You wouldn't think, well, they just don't understand how profound my wisdom is. 
wouldn't think that you would, you would just not separate yourself from anyone, and so and it's a and that might not be as noticeable in this environment where everyone here here is functioning as a, a different levels of being a student, a different level of connection with this person as a teacher, and same thing with uh, with Andrew. Um, but but it's that, that's uh, um, each person that I talk to is has a different kind of combination of confusion and clarity. They're just they're they're very clear in some ways and, and there's there's confusion in other ways so endeavoring to meet someone where they're at and maybe seeing that but not jumping into their life and saying you know you really need to should uh, you shouldn't do that you should do this now if somebody comes to me and is in a difficult straits about something and uh, ask me about it then i probably will give them if i know i have a permission and they're they actually are I can see that they've got everything on receive, they want to know, then that's a good chance I will say something. But I, I have people do things that they don't even know that I, I think it's kind of, uh, um, uh, it seems to be based on a, a misunderstanding. Uh, but I'm not going to say that to them. That, that's not, it would be meddling with them. They need to understand their life, not, not I need to tell them what their life is. Uh, so people do, you know, like the people that come and practice for a while and then go somewhere else, you know. I kind of think maybe they should stay here, but I don't know that. Maybe they, maybe they need to go somewhere else. I'm not so full of what I do to think that uh, everything I say is needs to be done. Or... Um, Michael here in Battle Creek. Uh, Michael Stoltz asks, can we not know in our daily mundane life? Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't need to know if I pick up this, uh, whatever this is, put it back down. It's not that the that names and forms and everything won't show up with that, but just as you're picking this up, the name of that or the relationship or what you need to do with that, it, it, it'll come together on its own. It's just about being here. The, the difference is between someone who's present and someone who is, uh, is all wound up in their thought patterns and their hope and their fear and their confusion and their worry about trying to figure things out is their struggling and the person who is present is not struggling even if things get really difficult they're probably not going to struggle the names and labels still appear around objects and not knowing it's just it's just more phenomena it's just that you don't do anything with it then you don't you don't make it into something and there's no person being uh, who is, that is separate from that so you're always picking up yourself and you're with, without being particularly facetious, you're always talking to yourself when you talk to others. The when it talks about the picture we do in the uh, in the mornings, uh, song of the jewel mirror samadhi. There's a lot of uh, metaphors in there that are very powerful to uh, help help us uh, see the way we use relative truth in such a way to help break down our fixation on right and wrong and good and bad. And the whole idea of a mirror is that way because you're you're actually you're looking in a mirror, um, but um, because you're looking at a at your own mind projecting onto someone, so you're looking at a mirror. Then that's the first mirror you start to see, and then eventually, if you look at that mirror and you you see that it's a mirror, then that mirror, because it's been uh, it's been found out, then that mirror just because it's based on uh, on fixation and it's based on warfare, it's based on wanting things to be different than they are. That mirror uh, collapses. And you begin to see what's actually there, which is not separate. But you may have to look in that mirror for a while, like the wall. Uh, Michael has another question. Is there a difference between knowing and not knowing? That's a really hard. Yes. 
the not knowing is a form of knowing, and the knowing is a form of not knowing. Good you? you had a question? How does sometimes it seems that our not knowing shows up to me and vice versa? This I, person? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I know something, it shows up not know of someone else, they know something. So how, how does that show up as its opposite? How does it show up? Um, because there's no no position on anything, so that anything that shows up is, and uh, in, in, it's not a, a talent particularly, it's just not, it's just there, there's not two things anywhere. So therefore, you ask a question and then I respond as I'm doing now. I'm saying there, the question and, uh, and my response to it are not separate. So therefore, it looks like I'm responding to something that is helpful to you, but it's something you can see yourself. So I'm, in a sense, um, this isn't exactly like this, but it's like by talking to someone who is confused, if they'll share their confusion with me by asking a question to, on some level, then my response to them is not something I'm doing to respond. It's, it's an aspect of what they're asking me. The, the, it's like saying the question and, their, and the answer are not two separate things. They're two aspects of the same. There are two ways that, that the one thing shows up. How do I do this? Yes. Is, is our seeing your teaching as understanding something that we're adding on? You're projecting onto it. It's called a cosmic joke. <laughs> looks like I know things. It looks like it. I keep my hojas all full of books. I read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like the book studies, I, I don't read that stuff. But you ask me questions about it. And I, I don't know. Does it sound like I know stuff? Has anyone ever said when I'm out there, let's not have Soka's not coming? Let's not have him Because he, he's just so full of himself and he starts answering all these questions. He doesn't even read this. Why would we have him come? Let's just do it ourselves. Yes. I feel like without really- A teacher, student, same thing. I, I worked in that same with my first teacher, Trumper and Pache. was very much that way for years and years and years. But I'm a very slow learner, and you're much faster than I am. So, and you get to talk to me, all, and eventually you'll see that I'm just full of it. It has to do with the with the lack of fixation on, on correct or incorrect, and, and a willingness to, to not know pure appearance. Random um, labels like depression, anxiety, that are those possible without thinking? Yes. They, they, that whole area is uh, is very the the negative feeling that we impute or call uh, <laughs> depression because we don't know what it is we don't we don't know what causes it but it's a negative feeling we get up in the morning and we feel just like not worth living or that kind of thing then we tend to make up stuff around it uh, blame something it must be because of this because of that but to actually just be in the depression actually sink down in it could be pretty painful, could be terrifying. Uh, not, not recommending that necessarily um, because there's so many ways that that can show up. But I'm saying if you give it a, uh, give it a shot, you could, you could take whatever arises and without inventing things around it or thoughts around it necessarily and go into the texture of it, which means how does it feel? What is the feeling? As I've said, uh, if, if, uh, feeling, deep feeling is like, actually that metaphor, it's like very deep. You're going to go into that feeling. You're not, you're not fueling it necessarily. You're not clinging to it necessarily. You just, you just uh, receive that feeling. 
without anything extra, no no particular elaboration or commentary on it. And so, and there there may be some uh, discursive thought or some thinking uh, uh, fluttering around that, but it's probably fairly low if you're just just you're no longer fighting with your experience, you're, you're no longer making any demands on anything anymore, and that uh, whatever the the naming of that. Uh, uh, I sometimes say when you have a feeling that you don't know what it is, and you, as soon as you name it, depression, you've actually stopped. You actually stop looking at it, especially if you start to talk to others about your feeling. You tend, we tend to back away and we get to uh, kind of hide out from it. But uh, weather being and cycles being what they are, it's probably going to come back around for another visit, and then you'll have another opportunity to just let it be what it is. We don't we don't know the causes and conditions that bring about those things. We can have, you know, guesswork. Well, it's because of this, because of that, because of this. And people are doing that all the time. But as meditators and as people who are trying to do this through our own awareness, my recommendation is uh, hold still and just look at the emotion. Don't push it, pull it. Aggression, passion, and don't turn away, distract yourself, or uh, eat uh, uh, Hershey bars. No substitute for it. Yes. Another question from Andrew. Okay. Take one. Does an answer just support someone in investigating their own? Well, perhaps. My answers, uh, I do the best I can. I'm not, uh, I don't have the kind of intellect that some people do. So therefore, um, I'm not, not able to convert what I, what I understand into words so easily, even though I talk all the time. I give lots of Dharma talks. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of it, I depend on on questions. So I do it with people. Um, even the even the the one little book that we have in print has has been sitting down and giving uh, giving instruction on meditation on basically how how it looks to me how this should be done. So uh, not so much an opinion. So the the whole question and answer situation is kind of an interchange between someone who is. Uh, looking for some kind of understanding or answers and someone who is not looking for anything, simply put. So not making a claim with some kind of identity like, oh, I don't need anything. Not saying that. I might be saying that would that'd be giving too much away. You guys would have a better idea of how confused I am. So no longer at war with anything. No Confusion can come. Come on, sit right here. Depression can come. Have a seat. Make yourself at home. Milarepa's uh, the wonderful uh, metaphor for that was the way Milarepa handled his demons. He kept fighting with them and fighting with them back in the what 11th century. And as the story goes, he he finally just uh, got out the teapot and said, "Here, have some tea." As soon as he uh, opened himself up to his demons, they all vanished because they were they were aspects of his own mind. So make friends with yourself, my friends. Make friends with your enemies. Whatever is very very negative. Don't don't reject. Don't accept. Don't look away. Do nothing with it. And just this is no guarantee that you're. If you do this, you you feel like you're really doing what I'm recommending. That you know, in three weeks, you can start making demands that it needs to work because it's not exact. It doesn't really work like that. How, how it works is something you need to find out. It's it's called an open secret. If you can see it, it's obvious. If you can't see see it, it looks looks like it's hidden somewhere. Thank you very much. I'd like to once again remind everyone of the donation boxes that we have in the hallway. We also accept your financial support via PayPal, checks in the mail, cash, debit and credit cards. May 
has penetrated into all places, so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.